Tyler Stice was a 20-year-old from Kingman, Arizona. He was an avid gamer, and his love and joy was his black Ford Mustang. On the morning of June 21st, 2016, Tyler left for work, a job at a furniture company. He never arrived. A few days later, his car was found in the parking lot of a mountain camping area. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. love dogs. I always have. In fact, to be honest, I love most animals, and they've pretty much loved me right back. But I don't own a dog because, well, they're just a little bit too much work. The cleanup, the vet, taking them for walks. I prefer to let somebody else endure the costs and myself to enjoy the benefits. But to think about what humans have taught dogs, hounds, to do over the millennia is amazing. These days, they help people with PTSD, anxiety, epilepsy. They are truly man and woman's best friend. However, I think we have to remember that they, like us, are just animals. They have moods. They have their own interests and fascinations. And they can make mistakes just like humans do. I bring this up because the disappearance of Tyler Stice is a case that gives me the opportunity to illustrate conversations I've been having with listeners about dogs and their ability to track people who have gone missing. Dogs and their abilities came up in the disappearance of Dow Phillips, for example. Yes, there is no doubt that dogs have found children and adults over the years. But dogs fail quite a bit as well. For example, I urge you to look up the disappearance and eventual finding of Talika Patrick, a case out of Indiana. The dogs went one way, and she was found in the exact opposite direction. Well, in Tyler's case, hounds were used, telling the searchers a very specific story. But can it be believed? Or did something else happen in the high desert of Kingman, Arizona? And now a summary of the case. A month before Tyler disappeared, he had switched jobs, going from a toilet paper company to a furniture one. He needed to keep up on covering his expenses from both his schooling and his car so he couldn't afford to take off time in between. Distressingly, the day before he disappeared, the Tuesday, June 20th, he'd skipped work and didn't offer much of an explanation for it. So the day he disappeared was the second day in a row that he didn't show up for work, something he had never done. That morning of June 21st, although no one saw him, His mother heard him leave at the time he usually would. He had along with him his laptop, with bag, phone, wallet, and keys. None of these items have ever been found. After the sound of the door shutting at his house, Tyler was never heard from again. His car was found a few days later on Hualapai Mountain, several miles from work, and a place that no one believes Tyler had visited before. There was a chai tea and chocolate milk inside the Mustang, but not much else and absolutely nothing that could lead police to Tyler's whereabouts. There were no signs of violence, and the car was in good running condition. In the days and weeks that followed, 
police discovered that Tyler had bought a 22 caliber rifle two days before he disappeared, a day before he first skipped work. He also purchased ammunition. There is no wait time in Arizona. This gun nor the cartridges has ever been found. Also, dogs tracked Tyler from his car to a Girl Scout camping area about a mile away. The scent then took them to the main road, leading many to believe Tyler got picked up by someone. However, this person has not been identified and has never come forward. Tyler's family isn't sure what to think since he had no enemies. His case remains unsolved. The interview for this episode is with Tyler's sister, Jessica Curtis. Unfound news. I'm still working on volume two. I hope to get it out before Christmas, but a lot of things got in the way. No worries, though. It's coming and it will be just as good as volume one. Speaking of which, check out the paperback and ebook versions of volume one at Amazon.com. Next, I've started to go through Western Pennsylvania disappearance cases that might get selected for the work I'll be doing with TribLive.com in Pittsburgh. We have a lot of choices, unfortunately, over 80 of them. We've had a couple meetings so far, and I'm excited to see the great work we're going to do. Finally, I need to thank a recent Patreon contributor, Carol. I haven't been talking about Patreon much recently because there's so much to go through in this news section these days, but I hope you will consider contributing to Unfound. There are some nice perks that go along with it. Access to the blog, free ebooks and paperbacks, getting mentioned on the program. So please check it out and consider supporting Unfound. Thanks. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Podbean, and Overcast. Unfound is also on Spotify now. The email address, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. The website, unfoundpodcast.com. Please check out the secret Stephen Kocher episode. And now, if you click on the merchandise button, it will show the links to both the books on Amazon and the playing cards at makeplayingcards.com. Please visit the page at your convenience. The website at Trib Total Media, triblive.com forward slash news forward slash unfound. They've done a really nice job building that page. Unfound also has a PayPal account. Please contact me privately if you'd like to contribute that way. And please mention Unfound on all true crime Facebook pages and other websites and forums. Thank you. I'm very happy to have on this episode of Unfound the sister of Tyler Stice, Jessica Curtis. Jessica, welcome to Unfound. Hi. Tell the listeners a little bit about your brother, Tyler. Uh, he was a younger brother, correct? Yes, he was a baby of the family. Okay, well tell the listeners a little bit about him. What was it like uh, growing up uh, with him? How much older than you are than he is? You know, anything like that? Any other brothers and sisters? Anything like that? I'm oldest, so Tyler was the baby, and um, it was kind of nice. I always um, babysitted. We have uh, two other uh, a brother and a sister. So Jeremy is two years younger than me. And then Cassandra is, I think, four years younger than me. So Tyler was the youngest of, um, in between there's four of us. Mm -hmm. And 
we all just kind of were very close. Um, I babysat a lot growing up, and Tyler was always the baby doll. I dressed him up a lot, and he just went with it. He was um, a very happy baby, and I remember his chipmunk cheeks all the time. Um, he just was always full of joy. Um, was he well-behaved when you babysat him? Did he need a lot of uh, discipline and control, or could you just kind of let him do his own thing, and he behaved himself? He behaved himself. He was the easiest out of all of my brothers and sisters. Right. He, I didn't have to deal with him out of the most out of any of them the most. So uh-huh. he's he's the easiest. My mom would say that too. <laughs> I was the troublemaker and he's the easiest. Oh, so you were the troublemaker and he was the he was the uh well behaved one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> he okay. got the good grades and everything and I'm the troublemaker. <laughs> okay. And uh just to be clear, how many years older than Tyler are you? Um, I'm 31, and Tyler was born in 95. He just turned 21, so he, oh. 10 years exactly. Okay, 10 years. Great. And as a kid, what was he into? Um, was he into sports or video games, anything like that? Video games. He loved taking pictures. He loved photography. He loved creating different things on computers, and he liked creating arts and drawing and he um, was into cross country. He lettered and caught cross country in high school. Um, he was also in band for a while. Um, I can't remember what instrument he played. I'm not okay. into that kind of stuff. So, right. um, but yes, he did all kinds of stuff, but mainly art was his big thing. He was very artistic. So artistic, like drawing, do you mean? Like on the computer or hand drawing as well? Hand drawing and on the computer and writing, just poetry, writing, anything. Interesting. Interesting. And what uh, what kind of friends does he, did he have? Did he hang out with a lot of uh, different kinds of people or what do you like to do with them? Um, a lot of his friends were computer and gamer friends didn't have very many friends, um, but most of them were like gamer friends, online friends, things like that on the PlayStation and um, stuff like that. And you said that he did well in school, was uh, in, in the high school, he got decent grades. Uh, was he planning yeah. on was he planning on going to college or did he ever talk about what he wanted to do? with his life as an occupation and his pursuits? He was going to college um, before he disappeared. He was planning on, he was looking at going to Flagstaff. They have a big academy in Flagstaff, and he wanted to fly drones for the police department, and I don't know something about computers well, and he wanted to do drones or something like that for the police department. So, um, that was his big dream was to do something like that to that effect. But he was doing all of his prereqs and everything at Mojave Community College. 
I guess that flying the drones would have gone well with his um, with his video gaming. I think they're kind of similar, right? Good hand-eye coordination for something like that. I think so. I'm not a computer guru or anything, so I don't know much about that. I can't even work a hand-controlled, remote-controlled car thing. So. <laughs> okay. Okay, Jessica. All right. Um, so he did well in school, well-behaved. Did He didn't get in a lot of trouble in high school or anything like that. Just a kind of no. just a good guy. Yeah, he was never in trouble at all. I mean, I think one time he got in trouble in elementary school for peeing in the trash can. <laughs> but that's about it. Or no, it wasn't for peeing in the trash can. Sorry. Uh -huh. It was he got suspended in kindergarten for pulling the fire alarm because it said pool. And he said they were just learning to read. And he said, well, it said pool. And they, he went to Fort Casper Academy. And it was it's a very, the top-line school in Casper, Wyoming. And it said pool. So he was like, well, it said pool. And he pulled it. And so they suspended him from school for it. But it was just like, but he's learning to read. How can you suspend a kindergartner for learning to read? So they wound up putting a cover over it so they couldn't do it anymore. But that was like the only trouble that Tyler had ever gotten into. That's a great story, Jessica. I've never heard. That does make a lot of sense, though, to a kindergartner. He sees the word. You know, you do what you're told, I guess. Pull and you pull it. And that's what happens. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Um, in high school, did he have any jobs, uh, work anywhere? Well, he was going oh, to yeah. school. Tyler, he was he was doing cross country, um, and he worked at Wendy's. He worked extremely hard because he wanted a nice car. So he his first car, I think, was a Volvo a convertible, and so he worked very hard to pay it off. And he um, worked till sometimes eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock at night, but still maintained good grades. So worked at Wendy's and. Um, different places just to have a nice car. <laughs> sounds like a very conscientious guy. Way more conscientious probably than I was at that age, it sounds like. Yes. Mm -hmm. He was a good kid, had his head on straight. It was pretty shocking. I think he, after he seen all of the dumb stuff that I did in high school, he was like, I don't want to be like my sister. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, he must have maybe learned some things from you, Jessica. You were a you were a good mentor, and he probably said, well, I'm not going to do some of the things she did, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he gets out of high school. He goes to college, like you said, Mojave Community College. He was taking classes there. He did get another job. He didn't work at Wendy's. He moved on from Wendy's to uh, a couple other jobs. Um, what can Because they, I think uh, at least one of them plays maybe a, a partial part, could play a partial part in his disappearance. What can you tell the listeners about those couple other jobs that he had, starting with the toiler, toilet paper manufacturing company? Um, the I believe that was yeah, Cascade Finishings, uh, or Cascades. I'm not sure which one it was exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but the toilet paper factory was worked at um, a year before he went missing. 
The last place he worked at before he went missing was Southern Finishings. And he got that place through the day labor. Um, and he had only worked at Southern Finishings for maybe a month to two months at the most. And he wasn't very fond of the place, but it was a job. And it didn't pay well, but it was a job. He needed a job because he had to pay off his Mustang. He had a very nice Mustang. And he had to pay some type of rent where he was staying with my mom. And he had his cell phone bill. So he knew that he had to have some type of income to train his bills. Right. Do you know why he he left that other job? Uh, was it once again one of these um, daytime labor type of jobs at the the toilet paper place as well, or did he choose another place on his own? Do you know? I think it was just low paying job, and the hours weren't good enough, mm-hmm. and so it was day labor, and he had to find something else. Okay. And so this would have been, he disappeared June 21st, 2016. So during that summer, was he maybe going for summer classes or anything, or was he just working that summer? Um, He was doing online courses as well. So he was still working and doing online courses. Um, And that's what we know that he was doing at the time. Okay. And did he... uh, this uh, maybe this last job that he had any complaints about it beside it being maybe not the pay and what he liked but anything any problem with any people there any supervisors there anything any complaints about anything I mean to your knowledge um, any complaints about anything in those maybe months before he disappeared any problems we didn't hear from him but we've heard from other people but it's all circumstantial what you hear so right. we've never heard from him that but we just know that he didn't like it was just pay but he wanted to get something else eventually okay. so but uh, your mother any of your other siblings you personally he never came to you and said i'm having problems with this person at work or somebody in the neighborhood or anything like that any no Tyler no. didn't Tyler didn't have any enemies, let's put it that way. No. To your knowledge. To your knowledge. Okay. Um, and I should ask you this. How often did you see him? Where were you living at the time of his disappearance? How often did you talk to him? Um, I live in Phoenix, so that's about three hours away from Kingman. Um I would see him every maybe two months or so often he was we were planning on seeing each other that weekend he was supposed to come down to phoenix for my daughter's first birthday party so um he worked quite often so whenever he had time off he would come down to phoenix and he was planning on coming down to phoenix for his 21st birthday i was going to take him out and um you know we just tried to plan as much as we could he always came down for Christmas. We always spent Christmas together. It was just whenever we could, life takes over. Yeah, and sure. So. Sure, and you're a mother and you have other responsibilities, sure. And and he's, you know, a teenager into his early 20s. You know, he has his own things going on as well, and you're three hours away. But 
Uh, still, it's family, you know, and you try to keep in contact when you can. Um, was there somebody in Tyler's life that you know that he might have, you know, ever confided in? You know, if he was, you know, somebody, was it you? Was it a friend? Any Anybody? He was close closer with my sister. They were more, my sister's a gamer, so they um, more on a gamer side. They played games together on PlayStation, but I, she said that she, he never opened up um, more on an emotional side. They just get together more. Um, so she's always said no. He never would say anything to me about anything was different or out of the ordinary. I mean, we've hounded her a million times. Did Tyler mm-hmm. ever say anything to you? And she's, oh, because we know that they gamed and gamed together uh, till four in the morning sometimes. So, mm-hmm. um, but we do know that Tyler was telling coworkers that he did have a girlfriend. And, um, that's all we know, but he never told any of us, any of the family, that there he had a girlfriend, and we we've heard, but the coworkers I've um, heard from some coworkers that the police department never officially went to the actual southern finishings and questioned any of the coworkers. Huh. So I just don't know. Okay, and, and we're going to talk about it. I, I definitely want to talk about that. But uh, he was telling people, he was telling your other sister that he had a girlfriend, but nobody ever met her, you don't know even her first name, anything like that. Well, he never told my sister, he no, told oh, coworkers. He that. told coworkers that, but your family had no idea about that. Yes. Okay. Um, Sorry for the confusion. That, that's, that's perfectly fine. We want to get this all straight. Thank you. Um, just to be clear about something else, do you believe that Tyler was ever involved in any drugs or anything like that? No, Tyler was never. He hated alcohol. We would always even try to get him to have a glass of wine with us or even a beer, anything at the lake, wine cooler, anything. And he would never have even a drink. So, no, we don't believe in for a second that he take a hit of marijuana or anything. Not not marijuana, not any even, as you know, I'm sure you know, we have a opioid addiction problem here in the United States, not even anything like that, which are legal drugs that people abuse, not even anything like that. No. Okay. Okay. So we come up to the day of his disappearance. Um, what do you know about that day? What have you found out about that day about what he was supposed to do and where he was supposed to go and what happened. Okay. Well, let's start out on Monday. We know that Monday morning, Monday, he was supposed to go to work. He went to work Monday. Um, and sometime, and he did go to work Monday is what I'm told. And sometime during the day, whether it being, I don't know the exact time, that he bought a gun, but he went and bought a 22 caliber rifle and went to a different store and he bought the 22 caliber rifle from Walmart. Then he went to a different store and I don't know the exact name and bought bullets from that store. Um, 
then he went home and was perfectly fine and everything. Tuesday, he was supposed packed his lunch and everything and was supposed to go to work and um, didn't go to work on Tuesday. And then he came home Tuesday and was outside with Brian, his father, and everything was acting like everything was okay and was smiling and talking and holding Booker, their dog, but everything. And then my mom came home at six, around six thirty, seven o'clock at night. And Tyler was in his room and his car was home. And, um, then she went to bed about eight o'clock and Tyler was still in his room and, Brian went to bed at nine o'clock at night and Tyler was still in his room. And then my mom got up at, or heard Tyler get up around five thirty in the morning and he packed his lunch and everything and left Wednesday morning. And Tyler, that's the last Tyler went missing. All right. So, and then, all right. So he was supposed sorry. to go to work on Wednesday morning and just never showed up for work. Left like yes. he was pretending to go to work, but never got to work. And he vanished yes. somewhere in there. Okay, let me ask you a couple questions about those days preceding, uh, going back to Monday, and you brought up the gun. Uh, was uh, does, that, does that does Tyler buying a twenty two caliber rifle surprise you? Was he into guns? He had ever talked to you or anybody else about guns? Yes, it surprised us very much because he hated guns. Um, us being a family from Wyoming, we love to hunt and we would always go target practicing and um, we'd always try to get Tyler to go with us and he hated it. He would never want to go with us and just that wasn't his thing. So it shocked us a lot to hear that he went and bought a gun. Just to be clear, though, you didn't find out about the purchasing of this gun until afterwards, after he disappeared some days down the road. At the time that he yeah. bought that gun on Monday, none of your family knew anything about it. Yeah, the, he, I believe the police are the one that – the detectives are the one that found out that found about out. the purchase of the gun. So he buys that gun on Monday after work or on Monday, something like that. So he sees your mother, sees your father, maybe sees some other people, and he never mentions to any of them that uh, – did he buy the gun at Walmart? Is that what he did at Walmart? Yeah. All right, Walmart. But he never mentioned to anybody that he went there. No. Okay. And on so, and then he bought the, the ammunition at some other place. On Tuesday, was he supposed to work and just didn't go? Yes, he was. All right, but but he just didn't go. Did anybody know that he didn't go? No, not to our knowledge. Um, then my mom somehow I which I don't know how my mom did. My Tyler must have told my mom that he just needed some time, and my mom said, "Okay, that's fine." When she got home, my Tyler told my mom that he didn't go to work or something that day, and my mom said. And he needed some time, and she said, okay, that's fine. So even the day before he disappeared, uh, the day before, he didn't go to work either? Yes. Okay. Does any did, does anybody know how he spent that day, the day before, that Tuesday? 
Did he just drive no, around? Still... Did he did he go to a park somewhere? Did he go to the movies? Any do you know? That's still unclear to me. Anyways, I don't know if my mom. I don't know when my mom said she doesn't even know what Tyler did that day. Okay. Very unusual for him, wasn't that? Yes. Very unusual. Being that, uh, once again, he sounds like a good guy, was going to school, um, seemed like he liked to work because he had some bills to pay, and then he buys a gun on a Monday, doesn't go to work on a Tuesday, and then on the Wednesday, he pretends like he's going to work, but, but doesn't end up there. Uh, once again, any problems that he might have been having at work or anything like that? To your knowledge? Not to our knowledge, mm. but again, we you hear things. Um, we've heard some crazy things that uh, there might have been um, some girl that, again, he was involved with a girl, but Tyler did not want to date her, so she went psycho on her, but... You just never know. It's all circumstantial. Right. Um, it's all just rumors through the grapevine. Yes. Okay. So how did you, how did I should say, maybe you didn't, weren't the first person to find out, but whoever found out in your family first, you know, that Wednesday that he didn't show up for work, how did your mother or your father or somebody else, uh, who was the first person to find out that Tyler didn't show up for work on Wednesday? The day labor called my mom because she's Tyler's emergency contact. And we still are trying to find out exactly who it was, but um, I um, think that it was a coworker that called day labor. But we're still in the process of find, finding out to make sure that that's an absolute fact. So we're still not sure. You don't know if it was a coworker or maybe Tyler's supervisor at that job who might, I mean, I, I, I'm guessing it would be some sort of supervisor's job to call the day labor place and say, Hey, this guy didn't show up two days in a row. What's up? Yeah. Something like that. So what did your family do? What did your mother think? Um, what did you all do or what did they do when they found out that, I mean, your mother had already known that he hadn't shown up on the Tuesday. Now he doesn't show up for work again. What did your family do? Um, she called, the first thing she did, she started calling all of us. She asked if Tyler was at my house, and then she called Cassandra and asked if Tyler was there, and we called the police right away, and they said that there was nothing they could do until it was, like, 48 hours or something, um, file a missing persons case on, because he was over the age of 18, um, and then we, as soon as that happened, then she went down and filed a missing persons case and then Friday um, happened then I think it was Friday yeah it's because my mom didn't come down for Tyler's or for my daughter's birthday Tyler's car was found on Wallapai Mountain abandoned so um, that kind of they went and after they filed the missing persons case we just kind of started making phone calls with whatever we could do. Just they drove around everywhere in Kingman, you know, did whatever you could do. What called is what whoever we could 
think of looked in Colorado, called Colorado, called stepfather Bill in Colorado, called friends in Wyoming, whoever we could think of, and he was nowhere. I'm guessing one of the first calls, though, your mother made on that Wednesday was to Tyler's phone. What happened when she tried to call him on Wednesday? Um, I'm pretty sure his phone was dead. Dead by that time. Okay. And did anybody in the, I mean, I know it's kind of tough in this first couple of days. Anybody check his bank accounts? Uh, any Anything like that at that point? Um, yes, we've checked, we checked his bank accounts and checked everything and there was nothing unusual. He had just paid my mom rent. He had just, he was, um, had a paycheck. He was fixing to get paid that week from his job. So uh, nothing unusual out of, um, we checked his cell phone, everything. Okay. And how close, I mean, I the listeners should know, I used to live in Las Vegas. I used to go down to Kingman, Arizona very often for a job that I had back between like 2005 and 2009. So I'm very familiar with that town. And I've been on some of these streets uh, that Tyler was on. Um, Hualapai, where his, where his car was found, is not really that close to where he was supposed to work, go to work that day. And in fact, it's kind of very isolated it's up in the mountains from kingman you wouldn't just wind up there by accident i guess is what i'm saying no you wouldn't it's pretty far up there so it was definitely out of the ordinary and tether's not an outdoorsy besides doing the cross country he loved to run but that was out of the ordinary for him to be up there and especially with his mustang that you wouldn't just take your Mustang up there. He took very good care of his Mustang, so that was weird for him to be up there. This Hualapai area, had you or your family ever known him to go there in the past, to drive up there, go up there with friends, anything like that? No, we didn't even know that the area existed. And they'd only been there for a year, but didn't even know that the area was there. So very unusual. Yes. It's kind of a park area up there. There's a, a Girl Scout camp that we're going to talk about in a second. Very kind of woodsy. Uh, no homes up there or anything like nobody actually lives up there. People go camping up there, and I think there's a disc golf course up there as well, just a park up there. So his car yeah. was found there, and uh, I'm guessing it was locked. Did did somebody break into it to, to see what was inside? What can you tell about the finding of the Mustang and what was in it? Um, I'm not. I can't remember if the car was locked or not, but we know that there was his camera in the trunk, um, and he never went anywhere without his camera. And the camera was—he loved taking pictures of everything. Um, and what was odd about the camera was there was pictures. The last pictures on the camera was pictures from a safe kids day um, of my daughters. And we had gone four willing the day before, uh, the day after the safe kids day. And I know that Tyler was taking pictures after that and stuff because 
if she the safe kids day was at the beginning of the month so here there was pictures that had to have been deleted because there was i know he was taking pictures that night and everything so there was pictures gone um but his laptop was missing it was an alienware laptop his keys were missing his wallet was missing his um there was a chocolate milk in the car, a chai tea, which we thought was weird, but come to find out, his the police tested it for DNA, and the police told us that his DNA was on it. Um, why did you find that unusual? The, why did you find that was unusual that chai tea would be in his car? Because Tyler, we've never seen Tyler drink chai tea and he's he always told us he didn't like it so it was just unusual for us to say and it was in the passenger door in the side so it was just for why would it be in the passenger door that means that Tyler was sitting in the passenger door then or passenger side or something and then there was a ripped up picture of a anime cat like type girl um and some chocolate donuts i believe but his briefcase was also missing um and the gun is also missing he had in the gun that um maybe you didn't even know it existed there maybe at the time that the car was found but he had a briefcase as well. What kind of briefcase would it look like? Um, just a normal like computer, not really a briefcase, like a oh. backpack kind of deal that you oh. put your computer okay. in and stuff. Okay, so it was like a bag that you'd put a laptop in kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, I understand. Okay. Um, so cell phones missing, wallet and keys, laptops missing along with the bag that the laptop goes in. And then you eventually found out about this gun. Do you remember, uh, we've already talked about it, but do you remember how many days after Tyler disappeared that you found out about this gun, your your parents and you, you did, but also how the police ever ended up getting that lead to even look at the Walmart for that day? Was there a, maybe a receipt in the car or anything like that? I can't remember exactly, and I don't want to get it wrong. Okay. But maybe it was through the background check. Um, but I think it was fairly quick. I think it was within weeks that they found out about it. Okay. So at the time that the car was found a few days later, you didn't even know about the gun. But to this day, and we're doing this uh, interview on December 16th, 2017, uh, none of those things have ever been found. No, and including the bullets. Including the ammunition. Okay, including the ammunition. So uh, I'm just going to make a statement here. It, he was probably carrying quite a bit. It wasn't a it wasn't a handgun. It was a rifle, fairly long, maybe you know, like three feet long or something like that, maybe shorter. Um, and he has a cell phone. I mean, he's carrying quite a bit of things if he's walking off. You know, if he yeah. just parked his car and walked off. Was the car and checked Wallapan for... Mountain Please. Is, I've 
I've gone up there for, uh, it's almost been two years, and I've gone up there myself and searched that mountain multiple times, and it is a horrendous hike. It's not a simple mountain. It's so, for him to have all of that stuff it would be a very hard thing to hike with all of that stuff. But he did have some cross-country experience from high school running, so maybe that maybe that might help him. Um, maybe better than a guy like me who never got into anything like that. Might have been an advantage yeah. if he was going to go up into the wilderness. Was there any signs of violence in the car, any blood, anything? I mean, you said there was a picture that was ripped up, but anything other than that, anything that looked like Tyler might have no, been dragged away the or anything. Car was completely white, like there was it was thick and span clean. There, and for and for being up in the woods part like that, there was no pine needles, there was no dirt, there was nothing on the ground or anything besides that ripped up picture. You did get dogs involved in the search in Hualapai. Uh, what did they find up there? Who brought them in, and what did they find? Um, Red Rock Search and Rescue brought the dogs in and they picked up Tyler's scent from where Tyler's car was all the a mile and a half down to Camp Stevens, which is the Girl Scout camp. And they said that Tyler, they picked up Tyler's scent all around Camp Stevens and Tyler's scent stopped at the a highway, Wallapai Mountain Road, and that's all we got from the dogs. Okay, so you could infer from that that Tyler maybe was by himself. He took all his computer, this gun, everything, went down to this camp, hung out for that there for a while, went up to the road, might have gotten a ride. You could that information could be inferred to mean that. Yes. Okay. Or he was dragged up to. I mean, that could mean so many things. It. How far of a walk would this have been from where his car was parked down to the Girl Scout camp and then up to the road? In total, is that maybe a mile, two miles? Do you know? I'd say about a mile and a half to two miles. And, but it's a pretty extensive hike. With, um, uh, what do you call them? We have a lot of flash floods, so it's a, we're when the flash floods and things so um, happen. So there's a lot of drainage, um, stuff like that that you have to go through as well. And that's where the dogs picked up his scent. He didn't follow a trail or anything. He actually walked down through the drainage part. Like a dry riverbed or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Did anybody, Did were the police or you or anybody else, uh, anybody else... Able was he sighted up there by anybody? Did he happen to park there? Was anybody able to be tracked down that saw him park or anything? Anybody saw him up there at that time? No, we have no sightings of him. The only sighting that we have is, is um, a coworker said that they seen Tyler's car actually leaving from. Um, Southern finishings the Wednesday morning around six o'clock that morning, um, leaving the work at around six o'clock in the morning. 
So that's the only sighting of Tyler's car, but don't know if it was Tyler driving or what. It's very so, strange. But don't so... even know if it's Tyler's car or Tyler's, actually Tyler's car. But it was one of Tyler's co- co-workers. And we should say it was a Mustang. What color is it? A black Mustang. Black Mustang. And what year was it? Kind of a recent one, wasn't it? I think so. I, I, I believe it's a 2011. Okay, 2011 black Mustang that one of the co-workers allegedly might have seen actually the morning um, that that Tyler disappeared. Would Tyler have had any reason um, to go by his work on the way up to Hualapai? Between where he was living with your parents and to Hualapai, would he have to go by where he worked? No, that's way out of the, or way out of line. Okay. So we have the car up there. You had the, the dogs come in. Uh, he wasn't sighted up there. The dogs do pick up the scent. Um, and what was done in the, the next weeks? Of course, we found out, you found out that he had bought this gun. The police found out somehow the ammunition. Anything else that popped up in the days and, and weeks after he disappeared, and then we'll get into a couple uh, other points. Anything else? That- um, they did a full forensics on Tyler's car. We, the police did, we know. Mm-hmm. They did a full forensics on Tyler's bedroom as well. Um, they, of course, did a, a full check on the parents because when family members go missing, lots of times family members are the prime suspects. So we had to be cleared, um, and the family was cleared. And um, then when they took, they did the forensics in Tyler's room, they took a couple of things out of Tyler's room, um, which included Tyler's desktop computer and just some of his journals and things like that that might have might help find some things but so far we haven't gotten anything from his room or anything they came back a couple of times to just see maybe if they could find something else in his room but they have found nothing okay speaking of his desktop computer and uh, I'm just going to, Jessica, I'm just going to allow you to say as much or as little as you want on this topic. Um, but okay. what did they find on his computer? Um, well, Tyler, he was a loner, so he had a hard time meeting people. So he was into trying to explore different websites and things, and he was looking at dating sites. Uh, he was looking into Cupid.com and other sites as well. Um, so the police found that on his site. Um, so we are also curious to see if maybe that might have linked into maybe his disappearance. We don't know. They, he was also looking into some different dark sites, so we don't know what could have caused it. Uh, he was young, so he was exploring many different things. 
Uh, did you happen to, were you able to, or were the police able to log into any of these accounts? Like often on our computers, this, the passwords are saved. Were the police able to go into his actual accounts? Uh, had he exchanged emails with anybody, anything like that? Uh, have they ever told you about any of that? Um, I know that the police have subpoenaed Facebook, but I don't, I haven't gotten an update on that. I know that that takes a long time, so I don't know if they've gotten that yet. Um, I do know that they have gotten into a couple of his email accounts, and there has been nothing, no leads with that, nothing out of the ordinary. He there was he wasn't meeting anybody. Um, we we've gotten into some other accounts and. He, he wasn't meeting anybody from what we can see. We know we've gotten into the Cupid account and he wasn't meeting anybody on that one. So we've tried everywhere that we can have found and we haven't found anything that we can find. So as a young guy, he's going to some dating sites, um, some different places on the internet, uh, maybe trying to meet people but there's no proof uh, that he arranged to ever meet anybody uh, on Hualapai Mountain that morning? No. No. Okay. You had mentioned Tyler's, um, of course, your his mother is your mother, but his biological father is your stepfather. Both your mother and Tyler's father have been given lie detector tests regarding Tyler's disappearance. Uh, did they pass? Yes, they did. Okay. And how would you say that Tyler was getting along with them, to your knowledge, at the time that he disappeared? Any, did he ever say, well, I'm looking to get out of here. They're kind of crimping my style, anything like that? He seems to get along fine with them. I mean, my mom can be somewhat controlling at times, but and that's how every mother is, I think. <laughs> I know, you know the feeling. Um, sure. Sure. Especially being a 20-year-old living at home, sometimes you just feel like you want to get away. So I'm sure Tyler felt like that a couple of times, but um, he wasn't really expressing that too much. Um, and with Brian, he um, was trying to rebuild the relationship. So... Um, I think that that was going well with them. Okay. But I'm guessing they had to be a little worried uh, on Tuesday, the day before, when, you know, he admitted to them that he hadn't gone to work that day. Probably had to be a little worried. I think they were, but I don't think, I think my mom was really busy, and I don't think she really took it too because I think that when Tyler told her, she was just like, oh, okay. Um, like, Tyler maybe just needed a break or something. Because Tyler didn't really take days off. So she was just like, oh, maybe he just needs a break. Okay. Was it just the three of them living together at the time? Yes. Or was, was there anybody else in the house? Nope. It's just the three of them. Everyone else has moved out and gone on with their lives. Okay. And 
that, I guess it would be afternoon, evening, when Tyler did finally admit to them that he hadn't gone to work that day. Did Tyler, you know, tell anybody else about him not, him, he himself not going to work? Did he call any friends that evening? Did he play any games? Did he communicate with your younger sister that Tuesday evening before he disappeared on Wednesday? Tuesday evening, he was up playing games on PlayStation all night. I know that. He was up like one in the morning playing games. Okay. All right, on great. PlayStation 4. Great. Now, a couple other things, and this involves the police. Your family got a, a guy from Crime Watch Daily involved in the, in, at some point. Um, what do you want to say about that? No, we, we didn't get him. He wanted to be involved in our case. And I went, because we, we were in the very beginning, we were just scrounging from help, for help from anybody. And we just, we you know, were not a rich family that can afford to pay for private detectives and things like that. And he's a private detective that was willing to help at first, and um, so he was involved with the Sid Cranston case, and um, we, so we were like, okay, yes, well, thank you so much for your help, and then um, when we started working with him, Kingman Police Department told us, well, if you work with him, we will, we won't work with you at all, so we had to cut off all communication with him. Did the police give you any explanation for that? I mean, uh, that seems pretty wrong. They, I mean, I, I don't know much about the situation, just what you've told me. It seems like a very uh, wrong thing for the police to do. What, what was, what's the story behind that? They said they don't like the way he works. They said that he's a very dirty man, and they don't like the way he works, so that's why. <laughs> and I thought that it was very wrong as well. Um, that's kind of why I've stepped up and just said, you know, it's been almost two years and the police aren't doing anything. So I'm just going to do whatever it takes to find my brother. Would you say that the Crime Watch Daily guy did a good job for you? Or can you reveal anything that he found out that you can tell the listeners? Um, We didn't do hardly anything with him. So... He didn't, I, me, he didn't, I wouldn't say he did anything for us, really. I think maybe he did, he got Red Rocks Kitchen Rescue for us, and that's about it. Okay. But the the reason that is, though, is because the police told you they didn't want him involved, and so you listened to them, and so you just told the guy from Crime Watch Daily, you know what, we're just going to have to part ways at this point. Yes, because we, at the beginning, we wanted to be in good suits with the police. We wanted to work with them. So, Sure. Um, are you thinking about going back to the guy from Crime Watch Daily at some point, maybe in 2018? Is that a possibility? It is a possibility. Good. Good. I, I would say that I, I would agree with you on that, Jessica. And we're just going to keep this off the record, but the police... Uh, they give gave you their own uh, opinion on what happened to Tyler, and it, it was very um, dismissive 
we're not going to say what they actually said because we're not going to get into that. But it was kind of dismissive uh, of what yeah. they said. Um, if you like, we can. I, uh, okay, I then could. go ahead. Go ahead and tell tell the listeners what the police told you about Tyler. Okay. One police told my mother that he probably just ran away with some rich gay man. And I think that that was completely discriminating and that this is why they've not held my brother's case properly. That They didn't even put my brother on the national missing database um, in the beginning. And my mom was trying to do it or anything. Um, that they've just discriminated my brother and said... He ran away with some rich gay man. So why would they put it that way? Rich gay man. Why couldn't it be a rich woman or anything anything else? Why would they pick that particular sexuality out? Because Tether was young and exploring. Okay. All right, and we're just gonna leave it at that. Okay, uh, so uh, the listeners now understand why Jessica and her family were looking for people outside of the police. I think that statement, you know, what Tyler's sexual orientation regarding all this, it should have nothing to do with his disappearance. Um, now, something strange did happen regarding his Facebook account. Uh, what can you tell the listeners about that? And how long after he disappeared did this happen? Um, it was, I can't tell, I can't remember the exact date, but it was July, one month, um, after he went missing, I would send him messages on Facebook almost nightly, and I called him and sent him a message, and somebody, I don't know if it was him or someone else, but somebody got onto his Facebook and seen the message that I sent him. And on, I took a screenshot of it, and I sent it to the de- detectives, and I even asked them if it was them, because I knew that they had his desktop, and they said, no, it wasn't us, because it was so late, too, and they were like, nope, it wasn't us, so it was somebody else, somebody else was on his Facebook account, or it was him. So a month after, and what you're talking about is in, if people don't know about Instant Messenger, you can actually tell when somebody receives a message because that person's picture will pop up next to the message. Before, it, when it's not seen, it's just like a little blue check mark. But once the person actually has read it, opens the message up, it turns to that person's picture. And what you're telling us is that it was like a check mark, and then it turned to a picture showing that somebody was in his account, and somebody looked at that message. Yes, but now it doesn't show up like that anymore, <laughs> which is weird. That is that is, that is strange. Um, did, have you noticed over the past, it's been since June of 2016, so roughly a year and a half, any other activity on Tyler's account? Do you, do you keep tabs on it? Has anybody else told you anything about it, any of his friends, anybody like that? Uh, no, there's no other activity on his account. I keep tabs on it, and I check it, and we still send messages and everything, and he's never, nobody's been on it, and still his phone's been shut off by now, and that's, mm-hmm. so can't call his phone number anymore. 
Do you remember, is that the only message that you sent uh, to his account that reacted that way? Um, the same night, there was a couple other, that, that same night, but that was the only night that they were seeing the messages. Now, regarding uh, his cell phone, what did the cell phone records uh, tell your family? Any unusual calls before he disappeared? And, and where was the last ping? And what was Tyler's last call from his phone? No, there was no unusual phone calls or no unusual phone numbers in it or anything. Um, the last ping was off of Wallapai Mountain, and the last King's phone call was for one second, and it was to my mom's phone at like 9 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock, something like that. I can't remember the exact time, but it was to my mom for one second, and that's all we know. And that would have been on the morning that he disappeared, 9 of the morning that he disappeared, June 21st, 2016. Yes. Okay. So it was a one-second call. It's like he let it ring like once and then hung up, maybe something like that. Yes. That's that's how you might. Uh, but all the phone, other phone numbers that I'm guessing the police or that your family had a chance to look at, no strangers, nobody from like California or Nevada is, of course, very close there, or Colorado or New Mexico. Um, you talked about... Uh, maybe him communicating with people over the internet, some dating sites, no phone calls that could be traced to any of that activity at all. No, none at all. We checked into that very extensive, very that far, and we couldn't find anything. Nothing. Now, there was a co-worker. uh, She was mentioned shortly uh, prior in this conversation. Um... How much do we want to talk about this? this is uh, a person? Maybe this was the coworker that saw Tyler's car that morning, that Wednesday morning. Yes. And uh, was this somebody that that we're not going to say her name, but uh, she has been very involved in in trying to find Tyler. Um, maybe almost a little overtly so. Uh, what can you say about her? Um, it's a little confusing. I. I don't really know how to feel about it, you know. I don't know if it's she's very helpful in Tyler's disappearance, and she says that she cares about Tyler, but um, you know, it's almost a little too weird. It's like, ugh, I don't know. Okay. And then she like just sends pictures. Well, I just when she was working with um, even after Tyler was gone, I just. Wish Tyler was here, and Tyler drew this or something like that. It's just like, why are you doing this to me? Like, uh, I don't understand. You know, you always see. The, I watch ID a lot, so you always see the cases about how people tend to that do things tend to stay very close to the case. So, it just makes me wonder. Why are you staying so close? And she helped with the search, and she helped with everything. She helped with my mom. She's it's just odd. So, do you believe she is the one who alerted the um, day labor business that 
Tyler was working for. Do you believe she is the one who called that place to, to say that Tyler wasn't there that morning? I think she might have been the one that called. Because she reached out to me, like, I think the day that Tyler went missing, even, I would have to go back and actually look through my messages. But I believe she reached out to me within a day or two of Tyler missing. How did she have your number? She, through Facebook Messenger. Oh, she reached out to you through Messenger. She didn't actually call you on the phone. She found you on yeah. Messenger and Oak sent you a message. Oh, I understand now. Um, did she actually call your mother, or did I misunderstand that in a prior conversation? She, I think she just messaged her through Messenger. Okay. 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 So either there's something up with that, maybe she's, or she's just a concerned fellow employee. Maybe she worked beside Tyler at this job and got very close to him I, it, for that she month. Is, she was pregnant at the mm. time, too. So there is that speculation as well. And she, um, you know, the, there was a speculation. Tyler had the girlfriend, and nobody knew who this girlfriend was. So I, I don't know. This, uh, this all goes into speculation. Just to be clear, though, this would have been a coworker at the finishing place that Tyler had only worked for like a month, and not the toilet paper company he'd worked for for like a year. This was this was at the finishing place. Yes. Okay. So we just have some maybe a couple unusual things um, since he since Tyler disappeared. Uh, the, the phone call for that short second that morning. The Facebook account. Um, an overtly maybe concerned coworker, the police uh, making some comments that they shouldn't have made, running uh, running off a guy that might have been helpful uh, to your family. Uh, you have his uh, Tyler's, your mother and his father uh, passing lie detector tests. Um, after all of this, what do you think happened, Jessica? What you know? Do you have any speculations uh, about this? Any theories? this and then when I, then I want to ask you some questions about some other things thanks I think that Tyler my honest opinion is I think that Tyler bought the gun I think that he met somebody online and I think he didn't know what he was doing and I think he bought the gun for protection just in case and uh, you know you hear it all the time and Kingman's a big place for sex trafficking, and he could be anywhere in the world right now. It's sad. He's a 20-year-old boy, and he is very good-looking, and that's what they look for all the time. And he could be anywhere right now. And I think that it's very unfortunate that that's what happened to him. Yes, even though the police couldn't find anything, there are so many different ways to communicate with people these days that it might have just been something that the police or your family missed. You just don't know. Yeah. And and you, you, you know, it's easy to buy those cheap phones, but you can't track. It's, you just, it's so easy to have communication that we can't pick up. Okay. You're right. I've run into that in a couple other cases, like those track phones, those 
pay-as-you-go phones. They don't keep records. It's not like having a regular cell phone service like T-Mobile or Verizon, something like that. What has it been like for you and your family uh, since, you know, it's only been a year and a half. It's a fairly recent disappearance. And then I want to ask you about some of the work you're personally doing there in Arizona. I think it is great work. But for you and your family, what has it been like since June 2016? Oh, it's been extremely rough for our family. Uh, we always say, you know, especially since Tyler has been missing, Lifetime make a video of our family's history. They would have to make like four movies because our family has been through such extreme tragedy. It's unreal. So yeah. just going through lo losing people and then tired of missing. Just how much more can we go through? We just want him home. Uh, Jessica, you just alluded to it, but maybe we need to talk about it specifically. You personally um, have been through some pain as well, not just with Tyler, but uh, you lost uh, a baby uh, to a drowning. Uh, when did that happen? And, and what you tried to turn it into you know, uh, something that you feel very strongly about, and I want you to talk about the DPCA. Uh, tell the listeners about all that, if you could. Yes, um, we lost our son, Parker, in June um, 2013 here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, we had some landscapers over, and they left our pool gate open, and just a bunch of little things I had turned my alarms off and everything he was taking a nap and he got out and he got into the pool so he unfortunately passed away from it and I turned my tragedy into um ways to prevent drownings I don't want a family to feel my pain so I joined the Drowning Prevention Coalition of Arizona, and I am now the vice president of it. And we created a support group for families here in Arizona. And we have been working very hard in creating a video for families. And it's just overwhelming work, but we work very hard to prevent drowning and educating the community in ways to make your home safe and open water safety, all kinds of different things. So it's a good way to learn about water. And there are all different types of programs all around the United States. And being around water in different parts of the country, you can look it up in different types of ways. And in fact, one of the conversations we had recently where you had your daughter, I believe, your two-year-old daughter, at swimming lessons. One of <laughs> yes, our conversations, right? right? Yeah, she's a little fish. She's been in um, survival lessons since she was two months old. So she definitely knows how to swim, but we always try to stress that swimming lessons don't drown proof your child. It reduces the risk by 88%, but... 
which is amazing, but it definitely doesn't drown proof your child. We always try to make everyone remember that supervision is definitely your key um, layer of protection. Yes. Yes. So, and that brought back all sorts of memories for myself because my parents took me to swimming lessons when I was that age too. And I remember hating them. So there was that, but you're (laughs) right. It's no, every kid should know how to swim. I, I, you know, uh, I I can't imagine uh, what you went through in 2013, but yes. Emma's fixing to go to boot camp because she's not listening to her teachers. So she's fixing to go to boot camp for it (laughs) because she's like, oh, I can swim. And she's like, no, I don't want to go. I'm going to swim. So we call it boot camp for swim lessons. She's going to hate it here in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, The DPCA has a website. Why don't you give that out to them? I'm guessing they're on Facebook and I've watched the video. I'm going to link to it. So everybody uh, can see that as well. But what's the website for the DPCA? And then we'll get back to all of Tyler's locations as well. It is www.preventdrownings.org. Okay. And do they have a Facebook page as well? Do you know? Um, We do. I believe I'm not good with Facebook. If you just type in Drowning Prevention Coalition of Arizona. Okay. The DPCA is what it is and you are the vice president of it now very good organization i've watched the video a uh, very moving uh, video and uh, i can remember um maybe not so much here in florida but i remember when i lived in las vegas it seemed like there were stories like that all the time and they are just so tragic so tragic and so uh you have my condolences regarding that um jessica thank you very much and thank you so much for helping with Tyler and I hope that we get answers. We just want Tyler home. Where can people find uh, more about Tyler's uh, disappearance uh, on the internet? We have Find Tyler page on Facebook. Um, There is also, I think that's all we have is the Find Tyler page on Facebook. Okay. And I think that there is actually a thread on websleuths.com, I think. And there are some articles out there about you know his disappearance. Uh, the Kingman area newspaper and other media sites uh, had some coverage on his disappearance as well. I'm guessing he's on in NamUs as well, the NamUs database, NamUs.gov. Is he in there? Yes. Yeah. We, we did put – my mom put him in there and mm-hmm. we're – Trying to figure out how to update that Andrea um, was I um, the missing, I believe, that organization. I just started working with them. Um, she is helping us update the name is because she's the one that pointed out to us that, that uh, Tyler wasn't in there. But, well, and my mom's like, yeah, because I didn't know how to do it, so. It's been crazy trying to figure all of this out on her own, pretty much, when the police department should have been doing their job right. Right. Yeah, getting your DNA and, and all of those things you have to put together. You know, NamUs asks about dental records. It's uh, very complete. You know, they ask you to put a lot of information together, but it's very good. It's absolutely important. Yeah. Absolutely important. I mean, who knows? Tyler could have been in a hospital for 
this long by now and we with amnesia or something and we would have never known yes so it's yes. just unfortunate yeah but yeah so we're definitely trying to get everything updated and andrea tyler is working with us on everything and so hopefully we will get everything rolling and again and everything will be up to date finally and it should be noted one more thing maybe we should have covered is kingman has some other disappearances in in that town it's not a very big i like i said i've been there it's not a very big town but it has uh, some other disappearances it's had a couple murders um do you believe that any of those things could be connected to tyler's disappearance um that speculation is there it does kind of cross your mind if they are connected then nobody's ever said that they are connected but it does make you wonder if they are so okay and i hope the listeners will check those other disappearances because you had mentioned um a young man who had been murdered in kingman right um earlier in our conversation yes and he was found in november um and then i believe there's still Besides Tyler missing, I believe there's still one other person missing. Um, and then the, there was the um, man that was murdered in November, and then Sid Cranston was murdered, but he they found his murderer. Okay. Okay, but we're just not sure. Could be some connection there. We're just not sure right at this point. We're just not sure. Yes. Okay. Any last words, Jessica, before we finish the interview? No, again, thank you so much for your time. And I hope that this brings some answers. Please, there is an anonymous line. If anyone has any answers to anything, Tyler, if you hear this, please just call and let us know you're okay. At least that's all we want. We love you. Did you say that you have an anonymous uh, phone line? Um, yes. Please give that out. Please give it out, please. Okay. Again, that number is 928-753-1234. So please, if you have any tips, please call that number and let us know. Thank you for your time. Thank you for that, Jessica. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you. You're welcome. And that was my interview with Jessica Curtis, sister of Tyler Stice. I thank her for being on the program. Talking about Kingman so much brought back a lot of memories. I spent a lot of time in that town starting in the year 2000. I worked on a stunt TV show for multiple days there in January through March of that year. Motorcycles jumping over dismantled passenger jets at Kingman's airport, stuff like that. Then starting in 2005 and ending in 2009, I was in Kingman at least once a month to work on printers and fax machines. Yes, really, I've done all sorts of odd jobs. That's only the tip of the iceberg. So I know the town. And I have to say, it's a little bit of a weird one. Has some little motels like you'd see in Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Lots of hitchhikers and transient types due to the town being right on a major interstate, I-40. And if you're in the middle of town and drive 10 minutes in any direction, you're out in the middle of nowhere. Desert with no buildings to be seen. 
This all goes through my mind as I ponder Tyler's case. If there was ever a town a 20-year-old would want to get out of, Kingman would be it. Especially since Las Vegas is less than two hours north, L.A. is under five hours west, and Phoenix is about three hours south. At 20 years old, I know that's what I would have done. So the dogs may be right. Maybe somebody picked him up. It wouldn't have had to have been part of some plan. The only problem with that is I can't imagine somebody picking up a hitchhiker carrying a 22 rifle. But maybe all of you have a different opinion. Speaking of which, until this case is solved, the gun will always be the issue. It can't be a coincidence that Tyler bought the gun and he disappeared two days later. But why rifle? If he planned to commit suicide, a pistol would be easier. Even if he bought it for protection. Why a rifle? What is also not a coincidence, I believe, is him missing work the day before he disappeared. Can't be. But we're still not clear on why he skipped it. He may have told his mother or somebody else why, but at this point I don't think we can believe whatever he said. Meaning whatever led up to his disappearance started at least a couple days before June 21st and not on June 21st. Yet there didn't seem to be any emails or phone calls that pointed his family or police in any particular direction. All we have are the dogs and them tracking the scent to the main road, leading us to believe Tyler got picked up that morning, which seems contradictory to him buying a gun. With that, I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give Unfound a five-star review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.